Cynics on Disney podcast contains adult language. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Cynics on Disney podcast, presented by Nightclub33.com. Welcome in to this week's edition of the Cynics on Disney podcast. I am your host, Bobby, a.k.a. the Disney Cynic. And I am his co-host, Amanda, a.k.a. the Anti-Cynic. And today, oh good lord, it, it finally happened. We, it's we, you know, about time. Yes. For the first time in forever. In forever. Oh, now I've got the song in my head. I hate you. You're welcome. Uh, for the first time in forever, it feels like anyway, but it's only been like, I don't know, six months. Uh, the two of us cross, uh, cross the threshold into a Disney park. Yay! Yay us! We finally did it! We're Floridians who went to Disney World when it's right down the street! Cue applause. Steve, if you have a applause effect, now would be a good time to do that in the background right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, actually, we shouldn't be getting applause for this because this is ridiculous. This is something that, that most Floridians do because, you know, Tuesday. Uh, okay, yes, but, but we are also here during a pandemic where they're not selling annual passes, so we had to rely on the special Florida resident four-day ticket that had blackout dates and park reservations that have been impossible to get. Yeah, I realized that, and and uh, the collective groan that I think just came that just came from around the world of us complaining. About not being able to get into Disney World. I'm uh, just saying, like, this know. is not a normal year. So don't be too it's, hard on ourselves. All right, fine. I won't be so hard on ourselves, but also, eh, I'm also going to recognize that, yeah, I, I get it. It's tough for all you guys out there, too. So, um, but today is going to be a little bit different, uh, I would say, um, because this is our first attraction review. Uh, and,. You know what? We wanted to start off with a bang, a big bang uh, in particular, uh, like one might expect from, oh, I don't know, outer space. And where would Gee, we go? what ride are we going to review today? Well, I think that we should start off with something in space since, you know, that's where the big bang came from. Uh, and that would be, of course... My favorite attraction, or is it? We don't know yet. Mission Space, y'all. Ah, oh, I know this is. You already knew the episode title, so I don't know why I went and paused for dramatic Plus, effect. There. If they watch the, if they watch any of the notcast, they know that this is your favorite attraction. I mean, yes, they that that could be the case. Um, although, like, I want to leave this up for discussion here towards the end. So, okay. Okay. Um, we'll leave this up for discussion. You know, first things first. Um, we got there at rope drop for considering uh, rope drop was eleven a.m. Right, but nonetheless, we got there at rope drop, so I want credit for that. Um, that finally took you to a park at rope drop. You're welcome. Uh, so we we get there and we were walking past test track saw like three people in the park and saw a line because for... Because they were all at test track. Well, so here's the thing. Like, we walked past the test track queue, said, 
eh, 50 minutes? That can't be right as a cute time. You know what? Let's just go right with some space. You know, it'll, it'll be done. We'll be done that in 15 is minutes. not how this happened at all. In my mind. Hold on. Whatsoever. In my mind. In my mind, what happened? You, you do you with all of this, okay? But in my mind, I was like, you know what? We can come right. Let's just ride Mission Space. Hop on, get off, and then hop on into the queue for, for Test Track. That's how it went in my brain, okay? This is how it actually happened outside of your brain. We get to Epcot and we come in. We always come in the International Gateway, which for those of you that don't know is like the back entrance to Epcot. It's over at World Showcase instead of coming in with Spaceship Earth and, and all of that. So we come into the International Gateway. I'm all excited because, hey, A, I love World Showcase. It's my favorite thing. And, ooh, Flower Garden Festival. I can like walk around and see things. No, 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 no. That that was not apparently what my dear husband had in mind. We get no. there. I go, what are we doing first? He goes, mission space, and then makes a beeline for mission space. No, we peaked at the at the queue. Because we had to walk through it. But we you also, were making a beeline to well, mission a reason. space. Okay. It, I'm going to say this, and this is going to come as a shock to, to some of those out there. I actually have not had not ridden this attraction since 2018. Yeah. What? We didn't ride. We've been to Epcot, though. Yeah, but we didn't. It was closed for refurbishment the last time that we were there, or the time before last we were there. And that was when they added Jessica Pearson from Suits in no, and got rid of not. Lieutenant Dan. No, yeah, it's hold not. Hold on. Hold on. Then we did Food and Wine Festival last year, and I didn't ride any rides. Instead, I drank and got super tired after like two hours uh, or something like that and went back to the hotel room, but never actually made it back to the park because the Florida game was on and I wanted to watch that. But still. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the point point being is that you know for the last couple of trips we actually have missed out on okay. mission space, and so as a result, um, it's it had been a long time, and that's why I wanted to make a beeline for it. But plus, yes, for this podcast's very existence, I I feel like the first re- uh, ride that we review should be the one that I ostensibly love the most, right? So why why not hop on that one first and like like get all the butterflies okay. and excitement out of the way and everything. Okay. You know? Okay. And you know what? Anyway, let, let let's let's continue. You know what? To just to get some background on this, I, I want everybody to know the history of it. So let Amanda tell them all about the pavilion. And and then we'll pick it up from there. All right. So for a little bit of history, because that's what I am good for on these podcasts is your history lesson. Um, so this is where the Horizons Pavilion used to be. I don't remember Horizons. Um, it closed in 1999. And my first trip to Disney was in 97. And so I don't remember Horizons at all. Here. So... Just I do because we used to, to to go when I was a little bit younger. It was the futurist version of Carousel of Progress that it, it was it was like the sequel to it. 
Um, just imagine like a movie in the 1960s coming out uh, and then the sequel following it up 20 years later with way, way, way better technology to like actually show shit that's going on the screen a lot better. Um, that's kind of the best way to describe it. They, you had like an Omnimover uh, type experience. You could fit four family members into it. Um, you could uh, you basically went around to different scenes. It was very futuristic and kind of like how you do now with the, um, the end of Spaceship Earth, where you pick your future. You did the exact same thing at the end of uh, Horizons. You, you got to pick like an undersea version. You got to pick an outer space version or a desert version, basically. And, you know, so you, you got to choose your habitat, basically, is, is what you, you were doing. Um, I, I don't remember all the ins and outs of it or all the specifics of it, but I do remember being bored to tears by it. And uh, I am so, so glad uh, that Disney decided to move away from all the Omnimover rides because uh, they really did that in the late 1990s. Um, I think like 95 is when they closed World of Motion to then uh, build out uh, Test Track. 97, they basically closed Horizons, but they didn't close close it because they, they did the Lilo and Stitch thing until 99. So, you know, the I think... It officially closed for good in 1999. Yeah, I don't know if it was Christmas or, or something like that, but I remember my dad making a, a big deal out of it and saying we needed to go ride this thing one last time, and we did, you know, and... It, I'm glad that I got to to see it because it's one of those attractions that the disc boards won't shut the hell up about. Um, you know, well, what? They won't. They won't leave this one alone. I, know, I miss I know. Horizons. I know. I see yeah. it all the time. You know what? I'm sorry. They put in a better product. They absolutely did. And I will defend this until I am blue in the face, not unlike how I would be outside of a space uh, capsule without a suit. Blue in the face. Like Papa yeah. Smurf. We got that. Thank you. So anyway, it is. it takes the place of Horizons, built on the site where Horizons was. Um, again, Horizons closed for good in 1999, and Mission Space opened in 2003. So it had a soft opening, actually, in June of 2003, but the grand opening that was, you know, um, attended by a whole bunch of space-related celebrities... Yeah, astronauts um, and shit. Yes, like the 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 list of celebrities here. So it, that was in October of 2003. Obviously, Michael Eisner was there because he was CEO of um, Disney at the time. Um, also, the CEO of Hewlett Packard was there because they were a sponsor um, for it. The administrator for NASA, um, Sean, o, is it Sean O'Keefe? Yes. Okay. Yay. Um, several astronauts that represented the different time periods of um, NASA's um, space history from Mercury, Gemini, yeah. Apollo. What, what's, the, what's the list of, of the astronauts? I don't know. think I actually saw the actual list. It just said, like, so it said astronauts and it listed, like, Mercury, Gemini, Apollo, the space shuttle. And there were two members who were um, from the International Space Station as well. Um, but I don't think I actually saw a list of actual, um, people that were there, um, 
So that would be something to look up and maybe post um, on our social media. Okay. Maybe later this week. Um, maybe. Maybe. Um, but they estimate the cost of the of Mission Space to be about $100 million. Um, it did close. This says it closed for refurb on June 5th of 2017 and reopened in August of that year. That is not right. That can't be right because we wrote it on our honeymoon. In 2017. No, we didn't. In July. Yes, we did. We wrote it with Kim. No, we wrote it with Kim the time before that. Is that our engagement trip? Yes. We have gone. Oh, God. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Maybe they did close it. To the, I could have sworn we wrote it on our honeymoon. Okay. Um. So, anyway. Maybe these dates are right then. So, this says it closed for refurb on June 5th of 2017, reopened in August 13th of that year. That's when they replaced um, Gary Sinise with Gina Torres um, in the pre Please call them bread by their proper names. Jessica Pearson for Lieutenant Jessica Dan. Pearson. <laughs> for those who may not have seen Suits, I'm hoping that everybody gets a Lieutenant Dan reference. For those that have not seen Suits, you may not know Jessica Pearson. So, Gina Torres. Um, this is also when they changed the green mission. Um, so, before, the green mission was just, like, a calmer version of orange. You still went to Mars, just not with all the G-forces and stuff. Um, this is when they changed that to be, like, um, a simulated flight around Earth. So... That was then. Um, yeah. So there's a there's a couple of factoids that I believe that you left out. Okay, and I, I did I know very that, quick research on this, and I may have it pulled up. I just may not have said something. Well, I want to reveal some of these factoids here because <clears throat> this is part of the reason why it has appealed to me in particular. Okay, so um, initially speaking. The astronauts, the real-life astronauts who rode this attraction said that this was the closest thing that they felt to an actual space flight outside of the actual space flight. So all the mission uh, simulators and all that that jazz back in the 1960s, it didn't do uh, space flight justice, but this kind of did. So that's first of all. Second of all, okay, people have literally died because of this attraction. That it's it was okay. that intense. Yes, I left that out. Um, of but course, it yes, did. But there, that's kind there of has been controversy um, because several people were taken to the hospital after riding it, complaining of chest pains and nausea. Most, according to the Wikipedia article, most people who complained about these conditions were over fifty-five years old. Uh, two people have died. Um, after to be fair, right. they had pre-existing conditions. They did have pre-existing conditions. Um, one was a 49-year-old woman who had a stroke due to high blood pressure. And the other was, sadly, a four-year-old little boy who had an undiagnosed heart condition. Okay. so that, Which, again, is sad, uh, but it also explains kind of my appeal. This ride is so intense that it actually has that it actually kills people. Now, since the people died, they have toned it down, which disappoints me. The thrill seeker, okay, and it's still pretty intense. Yeah, absolutely, it is. But at the same time, 
like they they have toned it down a, a little bit. Um, so when you have a ride at, at at Disney World that like even Disney's kind of like yeah people died because of it, like that's that's pretty that's pretty awesome. Uh, like I'm not saying that their deaths are awesome in any way, shape, or form. I'm saying that the, the it's that intense. Um, so that's that's part of its appeal to me. So let's actually get to the actual attraction itself. Because you know, I, I, I I'm anxious to talk about it. Um, we actually had to stand in line for the queue, which is God knows that's the first time that Can we I had say to do something that. About this queue. <laughs> Fine, so, go ahead. So we get there, and the time at the the very front was like ten minute wait, and so we're like, oh, cool, you know, that's that's awesome. So All the more reason why I thought we could hop on a test yeah, track immediately afterwards. It's a ten minute wait, so we get in line, and then we get up to like the the second um, entrance thing for like the fast pass, where it has like the time for the fast pass people to return, and then it says that the wait is a sixty minute wait. So we got really confused, and I think we ended up waiting like thirty minutes. Yeah, it wasn't sixty. It wasn't ten. Um, Maybe 30 or 40, uh, but like from, you know, actual queue movement to, to, to getting on the, to getting in the, the pre-show room. Um, so like the queue has a bunch of quotes uh, the out, the exterior queue anyway, has a bunch of, uh, quotes from real life astronauts. In fact, it actually has a plaque that was flown to space and brought back. Uh, and installed in there, which I thought was super cool. I went up and touched it and said, ha, I've touched something that's been to space. I've also touched the moon, so there's that. But, you know, um, what? I went to the to the Kennedy Space Center a couple of years back. Anyway, um, it, she's giving me a dirty look. You guys can't. I'm not giving you a dirty look. I just shook my head and rolled my eyes like I normally yeah. do. Anyway, um, social distancing uh, being what it is, um, they couldn't utilize the full interior of, of the queue, which I understand to a degree. Now, here's where I'm going to go off on rant on people. They have these lines for you to stand on. It's really simple. You walk up to that line, and then if you are a part of a group, then you stay as close to that line as you possibly can, but you don't skip lines, and you sure as shit don't you know, leave an extra space. No. Those lines are there for a reason. So to the thruple that was in front of us, uh, that I believe was husband, wife, and you know, twenty-seven-year-old daughter, um, move the fuck up in line, okay? Like, pay attention, look down at your feet a little bit, and move, move, okay? God damn, like this is this is one of these things that that's like just it's crushing my soul. It really is because like I. I like the social distancing in the in the sense that I don't want everybody built up on me. It's hot enough in Central Florida as it is. I don't need anybody else uh, to be right by my shoulder. I like being able to to uh, kind of just kind of hug on my wife and that's it. You know, I don't I don't need anybody else around me. But you know what I don't need a significant gap between the person who's in front of me and the people who are in front of them. I, I really don't need that gap. Because then it's not six feet, it's like 18 feet. And I'm like, fuck you. Just move. Move. Pay attention. Like, I, I don't have time for you and your nonsense. 
you're slowing everyone else down. So that is my plea to all of you people who are going to the parks, have plans, etc. Pay the the fuck attention to what is going on at your feet. Just please do. That's all I ask. But anyway, I digress. The queue inside the building is awesome. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, it is. Um, and that's one thing I was going to break up, bring up. Um, like all Disney rides that take the place of other Disney rides, it has its tributes to its former um, former host there. So there are a lot of tributes actually to Horizons on Mission Space. One of those being in um, the queue um, in that big rotating gravity wheel. It's like the logo for Horizons is in the center mm-hmm. of that. Um, and during the pre-show, the logo for Horizons can be found in the bottom right-hand corner of some of the screens in that video, along with the text Rava uh, Centauri, which was the space-themed location featured in Horizons. Yes. Um, I didn't know any of that. Who am I kidding? I'm not, I'm not going to fool any of you. <laughs> but uh, yes, it is true that they do have some Horizon shout-outs in there. Um, I particularly love the juxtaposition of you know the real-life space history versus the mm-hmm. fake history that they uh, put after that with Mom, Dad, and the German Shepherd uh, and two children. <laughs> So um, first family bit, in space. Okay. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of backstory, just so you understand why they're doing like fake space history. There is a storyline because it's a Disney ride and Disney loves their storylines. Um, there is a storyline with this. Like it's, you're getting, you're simulating astronaut training for the first mission to Mars. First manned mission to Mars, excuse me. Which actually is not true. If I may interject, because this whole attraction when Lieutenant Dan was in charge, I guess he got promoted to commander, but you know, the, when Lieutenant Dan was in charge, this whole thing was based off the movie Mission to Mars, mm-hmm. which came out in the year 2000. Um, it, I think it was me, Don Cheadle's wife, and like 12 other people who saw that movie, and that's it. <laughs> But I was definitely one of the people who saw it. So, you know, for anybody who, you know, heard my IP rant a couple weeks ago and and thinks that I'm just this crazy person who hates all of Disney, no, I don't. I actually love this movie. If there was a DVD copy that was in print, which there's not, uh, I would totally watch uh, buy that, that shit. I would totally watch that shit if it was on Disney+, Plus, but it's not, and it's really disappointing. But, you know, anyway... That, that that's where the fake history and real history kind of diverge. Yeah, this takes place in 2036. So they have like the real space history up until, you know, there's no, you know, there is no space history for 2036 yet. So right. have to improvise a little bit. Yeah. And they did that with the German shepherd, right, which I don't really understand. Um, once you've made it past, what I I also find cool that they have like a little launch control area, and when they're yeah. when it, everything's a rocking, they do usually have like a cast member or two sitting in there. Maybe it's like their little break area, but they they flick switches and shit. They they make it look like they're doing something. I mean, they on also have you know just looking around like the different um, you know they have like all the different memorabilia and stuff. Like they have actual NASA like rovers and and things that. Are dec- you know, decorating the queue. So yeah. it is pretty cool to see like the you know some of like the real life space things that NASA contributed to the queue. 
Now, Disney and NASA did an, another collaboration, which I'll get to post uh, this this whole uh, attraction experience here. But um, <clears throat> anyway, so the once you get up to the line, we did the orange version. I'm not doing the I'm my even despite the fact that I have pre existing conditions, I, I'm not uh, you know suffering the the green version. No, we went ahead and we did the orange version. They broke the queue up into a socially distant pod, I guess you could say, um, in the sense that, you know, they skipped every other uh, ride vehicle. Um, so it was one, three, and, five, yeah, seven, and nine. And, yeah, and you had your own, you weren't sharing a ride vehicle with people who weren't in your group. Yeah, so it's kind of weird to me to, like, the solo Disney uh, person, like more there power was a to solo you. Disney person in our pre. There was two. There, oh, there were two. two. Well, there's all the one. Yeah, there was the one hairy guy, and then there was like some other like Karen lookalike that. Okay. And by by Karen, I mean can I see the manager uh, haircut and all? Yeah, I think. Um, like like the two of them, they like I almost wanted to walk up to them if not for the pandemic and stuff and be like, hey. You guys should like get together or something like that because clearly you guys need a companion. Um, but like, yeah, if you want to ride this ride by yourself, you totally can. It used to be that you had to ride this ride by yourself sometimes if you were a single rider because there was, you know, a lack of interest by some people. But nay, not this time. No, there was plenty of interest from people. It was just that, you know, you weren't allowed to, to actually be grouped with anybody this time. So, um, we, we watched the pre-show video, and I, I shit you not, this is the problem that I have with the update. Um, I have zero problems with Jessica Pearson. Zero problems with her. A real life name, Gina Torres. I have zero problems with her being the new Capcom. That's not what this is. What this is, is that they didn't, they literally didn't change a word of the pre-show dialogue. You're right. She didn't. Like I went back and I actually have a video of this that I recorded like way back in the day. Uh, and I went back and watched it and it's literally the exact same. And what is the point of updating this attraction and taking out Lieutenant Dan, who not for nothing, the, the, the real life guy, uh, Gary Sinise is kind of like one of those like low key best people that you've never heard of. Like he does a lot of stuff for um, the you know the the military and the Wounded Warriors Foundation. He does a lot of stuff that for charity work. He plays in a band called the Lieutenant Dan Band. He's kind of this close. If he would like get like one decent movie in there to being one of those Disney legends, honestly, because uh, he's done a lot for the Disney company, and to kind of low key take him out to replace him, just. With yeah, someone I else? I never understood why. I, I know that they wanted to add diversity, and that's cool. Totally fine with that. But take that opportunity to change more than just an appearance. Change just, like, if you, for God's sake, at least change a line of dialogue if you're going to uh, do a change. Um, that That's kind of my, my problem with the update. Um, so, you know, anyway, we... we Moving past the 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 pre-show, that's literally the exactly the same. 
we get shuttled over to our uh, little standing locations where we're given our uh, crew assignments. And of course, my wife and I had to wrestle over who was going to be commander because that's the kind of marriage that we have to have. No, that is not what happened. God, why do you do this? That is not what happened at all, period, whatsoever. You pushed me, first of all, into what would have been the commander position until you realized where you had pushed me. And then you forced me to go back to where you were. Yeah, I'm not Scotty, okay? I'm not going to be an engineer. This was no fighting. This was literally like, I could care less what position I had. Yeah, and uh, I care. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I care. I'm sorry that I care. I'll just. I'll just no, you're myself. not. I do care. I do care. You do uh, care. And you know you're not sorry. Okay, you're right. Because you know what? My Scottish accent is terrible. It's awful. I kind of do it. Yeah, that's that's the worst Scottish impression ever. Ever. And I've been watching Star Trek for 30 oh, fucking years. I you didn't think I would have gotten like something down. But I no. position I am. Just don't make it seem like I was fighting you over the commander position when I wasn't. You literally pushed me. But it's way more fun to, to think of us wrestling over it. So anyway... Um, it was just me wrestling over it. I win. Uh, and I got to sit in the commander's position, uh, which awesome. Yay. Cool. Awesome. The, we go, we strap in and it's been a while since I've been there. I've gained a couple pounds since we've been there. Uh, I'm thinking I need to drop a couple of pounds because it did feel a lot more claustrophobic this time than it, it did the last time. And maybe it's just because it's, it's been a while since, we've been there but i honestly felt like personally tighter and it's not the the capsule shrunk it's that i enlarged so you know i'm i'm taking the the heat for that but i totally felt way closer to the screen way closer to the buttons way closer to the joystick and all all of that stuff so i i need to drop a couple pounds here <clears throat> is what i'm saying if i'm going to enjoy this attraction again in the future um we did take video uh, of my uh, reaction to everything. Well, and I got video of what you see on the screen. Right. So we're, we're going to try to figure out a way to combine those two elements uh, and and produce a video for, for YouTube. Uh, I still had to wear my stupid-ass face mask, but you can see the pure joy that is on my face. Um, they they strap you in and everything. You press the buttons and, and all that good good stuff. And you press it yeah, I press the buttons like a child. And it takes fucking forever. <laughs> like the majority of our time was just waiting for this thing to start. You know, and like it took forever for this thing to like finally like lean back. And once it did, I was like, oh yeah. And sure enough, like you feel the the rumbling, you and you know what's coming. But it, because it had been a couple years, like, Ooh. man, those G's hit. Those G-forces. Holy mother of God. I forgot just how intense that was. And man, it was intense. Like, you can hear it in the video of, of me just, like, just laughing. Just, like, uh, it's, a, it's a laughter of pure, unadulterated joy. Like, it is not a reaction that you get from me very often. It is um, not. It, like, uh, and this is one of those very few times that I'm just like, I, I was pumped. I really was. Um, like, uh, I wrote an article back when Cynical Disney was its own separate site. Um, 
because I did the math uh, on, on all of this stuff. What? I literally complained to my father today about you and the math on this. Okay, well, it, it doesn't, there's a plot point in here that just doesn't make a lot of sense. But I'm um, sick and tired of hearing about math. Okay, fine. Well, we'll, we'll, I will drop it after this. I promise. Okay. You're right. I won't. Who am I kidding? Um, so they launch us into space and they, they do the second booster and oh man, it's super cool. And the second booster takes you like 10 feet past the international space station, which is stupid. No one would ever plot a course that core that close to another giant man-made object that you could, you know, crash into if just you're off by like 0.01%. No chance in hell. Why? Why would you do that? Can anyone explain this to me? I mean, it kind of looks like you crash into it on the screen, to be honest. I mean, a little bit, yeah. Which is terrifying. I'm sorry. Like, I feel bad for those, like, four people that are up there hanging out right now. They got to deal with a fucking shuttle whizzing past them every 10 seconds. I mean, God, that sucks. Oh, awful. So here's where the, the, the everything kicks in and it's poor math and poor plot. Um, you, from the point of passing by the International Space Station to the point where you get to the moon, you are traveling at an enormous rate of speed. And then you do go around the moon for a gravity slingshot, which that's... Also very realistic. You would go around another uh, heavenly body to to do a gravity assist. Happens all the time. That's how we got the Voyager spacecraft to outside the solar system, for God's sake. Um, And it would make sense to use that as a gravity assist uh, to go to Mars. Because actually some of the the Apollo 13 thing, um, you know, way back in the 1970s, uh, there, there was like legitimate concern that they would like be a little too fast going into uh, going into the moon, and it would become a lunar gravity assist, and it would become like a, a slingshot to parts unknown. So, um, you know, not for nothing, this is totally a real, real thing. But you're traveling so freaking fast that the the speed at which it takes to get to Mars. That, that you're traveling w- would be approximately enough time for you to get there in about 15 minutes. Okay. And yet immediately after they take you out of that, uh, that slingshot around the, the moon, what, what they do instead is they put you into hypersleep. Now hypersleep is a bunch of bullshit as far as I'm concerned, but at the same time, it's also like completely unnecessary. NASA would find you something to do for 15 minutes, wouldn't they? Well, don't, how long do they say it's supposed to take in the. Like, like a couple of months or some shit. Yeah. Like, even if it was months, they wouldn't uh, do that. They, they would say, you know what? Yeah, no, you got other stuff to do. Like, there's starship maintenance, there's. You know, making sure all the the electrons are flowing through the electrical uh, systems and such. No, you're not taking a nap. That, that's dumb the, the, as a plot point anyway. So you wake up from your hypersleep and what appears, oh, a meteor shower. Well, that doesn't happen suddenly. Like, people know about that shit. Like, we're tracking asteroids and stuff, like, from billions of miles away, like, all the time. So... 
there's no need to to get into this Star Wars asteroid field and like going right and left and oh my god, yeah, no, that does not happen in real life. You would have been woken up hours ahead of time, if you know, if not days and weeks ahead of time, when you would have kind of like just gone pss, pss, like thrustered around the whole damn thing. Avoided it completely. I'm just saying, not not realistic, but I guess thrilling nonetheless. So um <laughs> go ahead just go ahead i, I you I, I've, I've rambled like go ahead and get in here and complain it's fine leave it to you <laughs> <laughs> to take a ride <laughs> that is supposed to be thrilling and entertaining not just that and one of my favorites if not logic my logic and science Guess what? As thrilling as space travel is, I'm sure, in real life, this was a thrill ride for the masses. Hence, all of the unrealistic things that happen in the storyline. Okay, but the thing is, is that like. Right. Like fictional. It's a fictional storyline. I need okay, you to understand. But like based fictional. on our real solar system. Like like people think that the asteroid belt is the thing from Star Wars where they're flying around and avoiding rocks left and right. No, it's not. It's actually like super wide open. Like there's not a lot of interference in the way. So like I, I like, want the science to prevail. For an entertaining ride. <sighs> Fine. Okay. I'm just I, I I felt like science needed to prevail and needed to be known because uh, the cynic in me can't let it go. It just. But then you get off the ride and science does prevail. <sighs> Anywho. Just not during a pandemic. Right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's when you, after you bullshittingly avoid all of the, the meteoroids and asteroids. And and hemorrhoids um then then you begin your descent into mars which that's just again g-forces galore ramps you back up you feel just the weight of the whole situation um and then you start flying through a canyon again kind of bullshit that's not how they land craft on mars these days how they land craft on mars these days would actually be way more exciting to go through because what they do in real life. Again, this ride opened in 2003. Yeah, but in 2003, they had a rocket that was about to literally do this. What they do is they literally, like, basically have like a rocket that fires its uh, retro rockets so that you don't, it slows you down a little bit. And then they drop you. Then a bunch of airbags deploy, and then you bounce around on Mars for a little while until you come to a stop. That's way cooler than I'm trying to fly through a as canyon. As thrilling as almost dying by almost falling off a cliff, spinning up and down, upside down. All. I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, think about. I mean, they're having to appeal to the masses. What right. appeals to the masses? Almost dying by falling off a cliff. No, what appeals to the masses is the movie Independence Day. And that's basically what you're doing. You're flying through the Grand Canyon with a couple of alien uh, fighter planes on your tail. That's what you're doing. You're going left and right 
oh god, we almost died because uh, our piloting skills suck. But then out of nowhere, out of nowhere, is a pre-built base. How it was built is actually beyond me. I have no idea. Who built it? Yeah, wasn't the storyline supposed to be the first manned mission to Mars? Yeah, I, I don't I don't get it. There's like a whole runway facility. So like I, I don't know who built it. I'm gonna assume aliens. either aliens built it. Martians. You stole my thunder, but yes, that's <laughs> that was that was my prevailing theory. You stole my prevailing theory, which is that aliens built the, this runway. And I that makes me so happy. Because, again, in the movie, A Mission to Mars, um, for you know the 99.99999% of you who have never seen that movie, uh, it turns out that the face on Mars is a real face, and it opens up, and there's this really tall, creepy-looking alien, and Lieutenant Dan goes after that tall and creepy-looking alien and says, oh, I'm, I'm going to hang out with you now and Don Cheadle is like okay and that's how the movie ends um but yeah there's aliens on Mars in the in that movie so I guess that makes sense why there's a runway that's pre-built uh on the you know the polar ice cap Jesus let's uh, you know because you know ice landings go over so well in uh you know the just general flight <laughs> uh, you know so, so what did NASA do? They decided to land a goddamn airplane of a spaceship uh, on Mars with a with an icy runway. That's a brilliant idea on their part. Um, so they, they do that. And, of course, you actually do land the thing, but you slid on the ice and you slid over the barrier. And then you slid. Uh, who builds a goddamn airport right next to a fucking canyon cliff? The answer is no one. The answer is no the one. The answer is aliens. Well, aliens fucked up is all I'm saying. Yeah, the aliens fucked up is what is what I'm saying because, like, uh, like yeah, it's thrilling and and all of that. But you do hang over like the edge of this canyon, and then you do the the typical movie trope of oh, oh god, are we gonna fall? Nope, we fell backwards and we're fine. I so. They congratulate you on a successful flight, which I would have said um, we crashed and burned. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. How the fuck did we get out of the space cap uh, capsule? Huh? Like, I'm pretty sure there's not a door behind me. I mean, so I'm going to have to open up this door that's next to me. And what's there? Oh, wait, a canyon. I'm not the the road runner. Okay. Like, I can't uh, like just kind of walk along doo, 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 through air. Uh, and pretend that that there's ground there, only to suddenly realize that there's nothing underneath my feet, and and then fall. No, that's not how physics works. Um, so you know, I'm just saying, I don't know where they got successful from. Do you? No. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think so. I guess like the only if the measure of success is that you lived. Yeah, that's the only thing is you didn't die. I mean, then I guess mission accomplished, but. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I, I'm looking for a little bit better uh, performance out of my astronaut crew than than hanging off of the edge of a goddamn canyon, uh, you know, as as the means by which you arrive on Mars. Uh, so, you know, that that's how the ride ends, and uh, they don't really explain how you, you get off or the, anything. The, the well, ride ends, doors open. Yeah, and so you walk back now. In non-pandemic conditions, you you do go down 
like the little hallway into this whole laboratory area where there's like an indoor I playground. Mean, you still go into that area. It's just not operational right now. Right. Uh, and there, there are some like cutesy little video game type things for kids to play. There's and, a playground for the kids. Um, yeah. That kind of thing. And there's benches for the adults who are tired uh, or, or who's who are dizzy after that experience. So you can sit down for a minute and, and collect yourself inside the air conditioning, which is good. Um, and sure enough, um, you know, you take a few more steps and you exit through the gift shop. In now, true Disney fashion. Yeah, of course. Um, and exiting through the gift shop uh, is a very strange experience for me. Because um, you you walk and then, yeah, there's like a couple of little things that are ride related. There's a couple of little things that are NASA rule. And then all of a sudden, wall of Star Wars. No, no, you forgot about the wall of Stitch. Yeah, that's even worse. No, that's the greatest thing ever. That was my favorite part. Fuck that shit. Well, first of all, like, uh, like, no. Stitch. No, get, get Stitch out of that. Get, get Stitch out of Disney. Right in. Get Stitch out of Disney. This no, Stitch is Stitch is a Disney character. You can't take Stitch out of Disney. Can we sell him to someone else? No. Like, oh, not my Stitch. Yeah, it's the worst. Um. Mm-hmm. Just the absolute worst character ever, ever yes. conceived. It's my favorite. It's the awful. Um, but yeah, there's there's like a little bit of Stitch shit there. And then there's, like I said, there's a wall of Star Wars. There which, is a wall of Star Wars. <laughs> like, it feels super out of place because, you know, hey, here's this real life space stuff. But then over here, here's the uh, plastic fish bonkers for you to go smack each other with and stuff. So don't forget to spend $20. I do think it's cool that that the snacks that they have, they have like the the space, like what they eat, like in space type. So sort of. I mean, it may not be, yeah, sort of. But it is like that prepackaged, I forget what they call it. I'm losing. Freeze dried astronaut yeah, ice cream. That's what I was trying to figure yeah. out. You know, so there, there is the astronaut ice cream. Unfortunately, for those of you who are in Central Florida and dehydrated, uh, I would not recommend the freeze-dried ice cream because it does require um, some form of uh, hydration in order for you to actually enjoy the treat. So if you have dry but mouth, then, you know, you're kind of screwed. Right outside of the gift shop is a right. you know little cart where you can buy water. Yes. And uh, you know what? That's, that's not... The worst thing in the world, is especially, you know, I think the water prices were a little bit better this time. I, I feel like they were like five bucks the last time, and they were, were three fifty like, this time. Yeah, three fifty. So you know what? It, it could have been worse, is what what I'm saying. And boy, did I indulge in some water immediately afterward. Um, all right, so to our cast member who worked that little cart because he did work. he did bestow upon you a Disney magic moment. Yes, he did, and, and it's because he forgot or didn't hear. But or something. he could have, like, he could have very easily have been like, "Oh, okay." So we ordered two bottles of water. He only rang us up for one because he didn't hear the second or whatever. He could have, when you said it was supposed to be two, he could have very easily just rung you up for the second one, which I was totally expecting. But you know, but instead he was like, "Oh, it's my fault. Here you go. Take it." Cool. Awesome. Thanks, bro. 
I appreciate it. That was a Disney magical moment. I got three dollars and fifty cents out of these people. Uh, and you like were in you were in awe and you were like, oh my God. Like Yeah. You were because talking. finally I beat the system. It felt like you know, so why? Why do you do this to me? Because I'm trying I, to make you seem somewhat human. Well, I also want to be thought of as kind of like an ogre. Uh, as well, that's that's part of my persona, if you will, is, is that I'm kind of an ogre. Um, but anyway, all right. So there's we got to start wrapping this up here pretty pretty quick. Uh, there's two more discussion points that I feel like we need to get to. Okay. A on a scale of one to five spaces, how would you rate this attraction? This one gets five. Gets five. Really, I, yeah. I'm surprised. Given her history, she the first time that she and I went to Epcot together, she was petrified of this. I was. She, I was. I never get, written it. And this is after she worked at fucking Disney World. She knows at damn Epcot. well. I yeah, at Epcot. At Epcot. And, and she know, knows damn well that it's not like, you know, they, Disney makes stuff that often kills people but i guess you know the hearing the the you know, like that is a little disconcerting people. you know two people dying after writing this like yeah it's it a little disconcerting um well, but yeah uh you were you were the one that got me on it in mm-hmm. 2016 mm-hmm. and i do i do it is a great ride it is not my favorite but it is definitely up there and it is very enjoyable and i do enjoy writing it Here's this is going to come as a shock. It's also really fun to ride when you've been drinking. Yes, that's also very true. Uh, and we had not been at that point, so you know, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, after a few drinks, maybe this rating tra- changes. I'm going to surprise you. <gasps> you are. Yes, I'm going to give it four point five. What? Out of five. Four, this higher than you? 4.5 out of 5. What? Um, I th- there has been a lot that has gone on that has, that has, that has gone into this. And I, I'm hereby making an announcement uh, oh on this podcast uh, that, that there's a change at the top oh. of my list. Okay. And oh. it, it actually did come about as a direct result of writing this attraction this this past time uh, because I hadn't written the the Gina Torres the uh, Jessica Pearson version and I because I hadn't noticed that literally all they did was just insert her they didn't make any updates to anything else uh, inside of the attraction and there is so much the potential with that particular type of attraction that if you're going to take the time to, to update it and refurbish it and everything like that, it's a lost opportunity to me that, that you don't, don't give it your all. And it's unfortunate to me because I do love this attraction. I do genuinely love this attraction. Um, But I, I can't in earnest say that it's my, my favorite favorite anymore dare i ask are you willing to announce what your favorite favorite is right now yes the current placeholder and this is subject to review the current placeholder is tower of terror yes oh i can't wait to review that one 
And it, it's because I love, I love all of the the Twilight Zone the episodes. They are they speak to a very different time in America, but also they speak to a lot of existential fears that we still have uh, in this day and age. And so, if you go back and rewatch some of those oh, old yeah, ones, they get deep. I mean, it's way deeper than you think it is. It's way, way yeah. more fascinating and interesting. Uh, than you ever thought it could be when that that attraction is at full bore uh meaning that you go through the pre-show you go through the the boiler room there there is no place in disney that that sets the scene better than tower of terror yeah. there but is let's no place that for our actual review yeah um i i will but uh, i'll go ahead and say it though mission it. space it's a lost opportunity it genuinely is, and I'm, I'm disappointed that they didn't take the full opportunity to during that refurbishment. Uh, I'm cool, like I said, cool with adding Jessica Pearson, cool with adding diversity. It don't read the script exactly the the, the same. I mean, the same beats, the same uh, like tempo, the same like just voice inclinations. Literally everything was exactly the same. It's like she was doing a Lieutenant Dan impression. And she's her own person. She deserves to, to to read her own script in her own way and change up the story maybe just a little bit. Because you know what? 2036 is coming right around the pipeline. Yeah. Once I saw like the year that this is supposed to take place, I was like, oh, that's not far off at all. This is the problem that Tomorrowland had because it said like, you know, oh, this is the 1990s or some shit. And then the 1990s hit. And no, we don't have a, an actual Astro Orbiter. Uh, or a people mover or uh, the Jetsons, basically, uh, which is, you know, why they changed it to very ambiguously the future and but didn't give a date. Save that for our review of Magic Kingdom, because guess what? We finally are going to go next month. Yeah, that's right. We've got a few <laughs> podcasts in the can now uh, so that we can uh, do, you know, start to. Mix it up a little bit, um, you know, and I'm, I'm excited about us moving forward. I'm really excited because the next episode, ooh, it's good. Uh, it's good because it's a, it's, things didn't go right. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and, and that's what this podcast was ma- made for. It really was for me to be able to review shit on the day that it breaks down. And I can't wait. Uh, until you guys hear this one next week. So, I, you know, in, until next week, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go back and make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast, that you have rated it five stars or one star or three. I don't care. Rate, just rate it. Rate, rate it one to five stars. And review, please. We like reading the reviews. Yes, we do. Uh, and, you know, so please give us a, 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 a review uh, along with it. Um Please also make sure that you're subscribed to the Not Club 33 YouTube channel. Make sure that you're checking out the Notcast every Friday at 4 o'clock Magic Kingdom time. I'm always there in the premiere room uh, watching right alongside at least five or six uh, people uh, at the same time. So please feel free to chat it up w- with us while while you're in the room. Um, I would love to interact with some of you guys um, and make sure that you're checking out notclub33.com uh, for all of the latest and greatest Disney news and notes etc etc 
Check us all out on social media, not Club 33, uh, uh, for Facebook, Twitter, Insta, uh, Tumblr. Tumblr. Uh, but still not Pinterest. I thought you were working on that. Um, am I working? Like, I'm confused. Yes. You're, but am yes. I doing it for us or for the Not Club 33? For the whole the Steve, Not Club 33. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's that. Uh, make sure you're checking us out on Facebook and Twitter at Cynical Disney. That's where I get to have my biting wit. And Instagram at is at Cynics on Disney. Yeah, that's at Cynics on Disney. That's her domain. That's where she posts a lot of shit uh, that's really peppy and positive, and I want to throw up uh, because, like, it's just it's too much. It's too much, you know. Um, but uh, this is a long episode, so I really appreciate you guys sticking with us through the whole thing. But, like, we were just super excited to get into super details uh, about our first attraction. A review. ride, like, really, yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, a, a ride that we can like describe for you guys so we hope you enjoyed it we'll try to tighten it up a little bit for the next one but in the meantime uh i'm bobby aka the disney cynic and i'm amanda aka the anti-cynic and we are both wishing you guys a magical fucking day